All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Toilets to Titles. This is episode number 168. We have a lot to talk about this evening. We're talking reactions to the NFL Combine. There was a whole lot to dig through for the Combine. We're doing a two-round mock draft with a few great analysts as well as a bunch of members of Toilets to Titles, and one of them is with us this evening. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. There's also a lot of buzz. Free agency is like... A few days away, and man, like this is the busiest time of year. Free agency is a few days away. There's a bunch of rumors. There's a bunch of trade speculation. We got some franchise tags. We got some exclusive tags. So we have a whole lot going on. We're going to try to cram it into this episode, but the great thing about being a part of this network is we don't have to cram it all into this episode because we're going to have another episode we got on the clock Thursday. We're going to be doing a free agency series next week, so we don't need to squeeze it all in. We're going we're gonna to try to break down for you what we can, and we're going to do it as good as we can. We're not going to rush through all this stuff. So you're going to hear a lot of our analysis. And this evening, we are lucky to be joined by our guy, man, the ambassador. Uh, so so Jim Nagy, he's an ambassador of Mobile, Alabama, for sure. But this is our ambassador from Mobile, Alabama. It's Brian Bosarge at Deep Fried Draft on the Twitter, member of DraftCountdown.com. Brian, what's cooking? Hey, man. Yeah, glad to be on here with you guys. Yeah, Jim Nagy, he might be the ambassador, but I've been here longer, man. Yeah, well, that's, I gave you the title, but Brian, <laughs> Brian, he threw the wickedest curveball senior bowl week. And luckily me and Moon, were, we were kind of savvy and privy to what was going on. He told the guys, hey, see, the year prior with the with the breakfast, there were it was too hard to, to meet the players. So he's like, hey, guys, I think the breakfast isn't going to be too good. And he, he winked at me and Moon. And me and Moon made sure to show up and we went to the breakfast. So we had access to about 40 players and he got us in the back door so that Nino and Jared would stay back and they wouldn't get all the interviews because they got all the interviews the day prior. So we really appreciate that. We slipped Brian a few like a few bills in his back pocket so he could get that done. So we, <laughs> we, we could get Nino, that shark, to stay back. But that that was absolutely incredible. And I'm also here. I name dropped him a few times. This is my co-host. This is the Moon Man at FF underscore Moon Vibes on the Twitter. Moon, what's cooking? What's up, man? I'm excited for another episode. I don't know how many that we've done so far, but everyone has been jam-packed and full of uh, energy since we've been here. We got we got my guy up there. <laughs> That's my guy right there. I told, I told him that when I was in Mobile, he was my favorite person that I met down there in mobile and he's like oh man you're too kind of this stuff i'm like i'm serious <laughs> like yeah you know who i was exactly like instantly i didn't have to say who my name was anything i know exactly who he was so i'm excited to have him it's part of the draftcountdown.com and everything that they do getting us prepared for the draft and pick his brain and his thoughts about tonight's uh show and our agenda for tonight's show man well it was good people like so it's funny like you align yourself with good people and you meet good people. You know what I mean? Like me linking up with Shane and Shane is like, he's one of the best people I've met through the industry. And I met Brian through Shane. Shane's good people. Brian's good people. Met Moon through, through KT who I met through Nino. So it all works out, man. I love, I love how like my web just continues to get longer and longer. And, and I be keep getting linked up with awesome people. We have a few awesome viewers right now in the comments right now. We got Chris's videos. Who's been around like, for the longest time and he just commented a thousand subs soon and yeah we're very close we're at like 946 and we have we have like nino jared uh dinow jared you also know as boomer like those dudes they were at the combine we got some last second credentials and we're trying to work to get to the nfl draft and we're going to be a lot more prepared when we go to that because the combine we got credentials like four days before the combine and dinow and boomer, boomer they saw like the bat signal <laughs> They got down there. Nino was working all week, and he still managed to get like a hundred shorts up there. And all that grinding got us from 900 to 946 in like six days. So very appreciative of that. This thing is growing. Dino, I do see you in here. Steve, man, Steve Evans, Funkle Steve. All of you know him. You know he's a uh, Justin's uncle. Justin's away right now. Justin had four tests. He's been cramming for. That's why he stepped away. Three of them he's passed so far. He's got one more, so he's going to be out for at least three more weeks, and then he's going to be joining me and Moon 
And, uh, man, he's already passed three or four, so that's excellent good for him. But anyway, Funkle Steve has been Patreon since day one. If you want to help us out, you want to be a member of the team, you want to help us when we go to things like the draft, we go to the combine, we go to senior ball, eventually shrine games, bowl games, all, all that stuff, go to patreon.com backslash toilets to titles. You can read through the tiers. There's any way from $3 a month to $20 a month. That'll get you into the Gilded Chat. It'll get you some extra content, some extra access to us, and it'll also get you into Frankenstein, which after the NFL draft, it gets into Frankenstein mode where we start building our, our monster. We're going into year four. You want to know what Frankenstein is? It's our listener league. It's absolutely bananas. And we have so much to talk about this evening that I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because it's like a can of worms. It's absolutely crazy. And if, if I try, it, I'll, I'll just get carried away. So just go check out the Patreon and we'll get you caught up. Uh, check out Apple Podcasts. Uh, throw us a five-star review. That'll also get you to Frankenstein. If it's a good enough one, you DM it to us on the Twitter. Me at Coach Sheps or Moon at FF underscore Moon Vibes. We'll look it over. If it makes us giggle, it's a $25 entry free that you'll get in for free. So do it. It's worth it. It helps us out. So I think that's all semantics. I do want to let you know the show is brought to you by Real Ones Productions. Our family is the CFB Nation. Boomer's got his Oklahoma show. Uh, I know Nino. What Moon? What's Nino's uh, Nebraska show called? <laughs> the Black Shirt Breakdowns. What did he talk about? He, this week he's talking offensive line, man. I've never yeah, seen somebody talking talk about offensive, the guys. Right? He's talking about the guys with the big bellies. Right. For, for like yeah. 15, 20 minutes, like this dude's Pat. I've never heard somebody so passionate. And you know what? He's really like the nicknames he comes up with on the fly. He, I feel like he behind his computer screen, he must have a list of just like randomly generated nicknames because some of the things he comes up with just comes to him too quickly. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it, it it's a it's a skill. But, I'm envious uh, of Nino. The man can the man can pull for Oregon, Kentucky, Nebraska. How many other Colorado? How many yeah. other teams can this man pull for? Yeah, I don't know. I can't do that. Yeah, well, he, he's like, you know what? I, I don't know if it's players that that like draw him to the team, and then he becomes like super. So so I know Colorado it was Dion. You know when the first time I ever had him on this show, he was wearing a Dion Sanders jersey. So I know he's affiliated. So I think his affiliations to individuals, then he adopts the team. So it's not so much like I bleed this color. It's, you know, I like this and now I want to support it. So however he, we're, you know what? We'll have to ask him, Brian. Next time we're all on the show together, like how, how does he do it? Because I know for me, I, I can kind of do that with college, but, but I also can't get as passionate about him at, as he does. Because if I do, then it becomes like a, a bleed that color situation. And I can only afford to do that on Sundays. I bleed blue. If I did that on Saturdays as well, I would just be miserable because if when the Cowboys lose or, you know, they're just having a rough go at it, it like ruins my week. <laughs> is that how it is with you with the Bengals, Brian? Oh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I, had to, I had to take a sleep aid after the uh, AFC championship game or else there would have been no sleep that night for me. Man, man yeah, but you guys, you guys, so let, let's, let's briefly touch on, on the Bengals and then we're going to touch on some, some offseason news because Brian's a Bengals fan. We brought him on here because he's from draftcountdown.com. He knows his stuff. He's a draft analyst. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the combine. You have any expectations for what you think that Cincinnati Bengals will do this offseason, how they're going to progress to uh, try to get over the hump next year? I almost feel like for them to operate properly, so to speak, or how I think that they should operate, they need to get Burroughs deal done in the next two weeks. Yeah. Like before free agency starts, they need to have Burroughs deal done because you need to know what your future cap hits are going to be so you can get the extension done for Higgins, which I think will get done. I think all the, I think Duke Tobin and them shut it down proper at the combine. They're not trading T Higgins. And that's just every team's wanting T Higgins and speculating. It's not happening, but I think they'll get a deal done for Higgins. Uh, Von Bell. I think they'd like to get done before uh, free agency starts as well. You prefer and, him over Bates? It's not a matter of prefer. It's a matter of what's going to happen. But, but do you <laughs> prefer him over Bates? No, I mean, I think Bates is a better player, and I think – but Bates is going to get uh, – I, I would imagine someone like Cleveland or – Well, that's the thing. He's, he's going to go – it's like Cleveland, it's it's addition by subtraction and then also just addition in general because they're taking him from you and then they're adding him to right. their roster. But when you the, the moment they drafted Dax Hill in round one last year, Bates was gone. That, that, right. that door was shut. Dude, I love Dax Hill. And I do too, and but I think that's why they drafted him last year. They knew the Bates was it was over, 
Bell, I think, is more of a locker room guy as well, in addition to how well he's played. So I think that's why they'll get the deal done for Bell to be the uh, – I really wish we could have got to see more out of Tyson Anderson as a rookie last year, uh, but he was injured all season to kind of see. And maybe then you could have – if you would have saw anything out of him, you could have maybe even afforded to let Bell go. Right. Well, that way with Dax, Dax didn't come on really until the end of the season as well, right? Like he didn't get coming out of the gate. Dax Hill reminds me a lot of uh, Brian Branch. I think he's a little more – I don't think he's as cerebral as Branch. I think he's more – like Branch is aggressive. Branch knows how to form tackle. Branch will hit. But I think Dax is a little more twitched up. He's got a quicker trigger. You know, but – so I think, you know, there's Much some more trade-offs. Athletic. You know, there, so there's some trade-offs to their game. But you could play either of those guys – in similar positions. They're going to play them a little differently, but they're both very versatile. So I think where you guys got Dax, Dax Hill to me, reminded me either of a Patriot or a Raven, like guys that fit perfectly into their systems defensively. And when you got them in Cincinnati, I, I love pieces like that, but I also agree with the Joe Burrow thing. You have to get him signed, man. So Daniel Jones, four years, 160. So, so, so thank you for segueing us kind of into that. So, so four <laughs> years, 160, but that's the cost of a quarterback, man. That that deal is going to seem crazy until the next guy gets paid. So you want to get Joe Burrow paid so it can seem crazy March 9th. You don't want it to seem crazy September 1st. You right. want three other con- – that's the way it works. Everybody goes bananas. Oh, he's – you, you, Daniel Jones didn't set the market. Usually the, the next man up sets the market. That's the way it works with the, with the agency and the NFLPA. Like they want to get their guys paid. They want to push the contracts up. They want to push up the salary cap. It's always set the market. So you want Burrow to set the market now so he's not the last guy to set the market because then it's a, it's a steal, correct? Right. And if Burrow sets it, go, goes ahead and sets it, and I think we anticipate he's probably going to get $48, 50000000 million per probably, if I had to guess, then Herbert's going to come along right, right. after yeah. and reset what Burrow did. Right. And then – what people don't, what people are like, how are the Bengals going to be able to afford to pay Burrow and Higgins and all this? The cap's fixing to go through the roof again. You're not the the YouTube TV uh, Sunday ticket money's fixing to kick in. The new TV contract money's going to kick in. The cap's going to keep going up and up and up. So even at Burrow, it's say let's just say fifty per. That's going to that's a drop going to be a drop in the bucket here against the cap three years from now. Right, right, a hundred percent. But this also now. Brings us into the Moon Man's team, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. The Baltimore Ravens, they put the exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson, so anybody can go out and make him a deal. If he agrees, the Ravens can match it. And mm-hmm. if the Ravens don't match it, that team owes the Ravens two first-round picks. Everyone's coming out and saying they don't want Lamar Jackson, which is absolutely crazy. You're calling that cap. Atlanta Falcons, talk to me. All right, so this is what I'll take the audience into. When I first heard about this, I thought to myself a couple of things. Well, there was franchising people throughout the entire combine. Why did they wait um, until when we finished to complete the combine for this news to drop? Like, the timing of it felt weird. And then I was watching the Atlanta Falcons um, press conferences for the NFL combines, and Terry Fontenot was speaking. Um, after Smith was speaking as well, but I, I watched Terry Fontenot's press conference, and one thing that was abundantly clear within the first two to three minutes of me watching was that they were non-committal to Desmond Ritter, and it wasn't like we don't have our appreciation for Desmond Ritter, but it's like they were non-committal. They said that we were going to add on into our quarterback room, whether it's from the draft multiple <laughs> from the draft free agency uh they said whether it was a veteran player as well they were going to add into the uh, room because they feel like they have to add all across the board so when i see this news break out and it's almost instantaneous like the falcons are not interested in him even though we have the cap space in order to make be able to fit his contract but we were had rumblings to him even going back to last year we were already into Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, and as much as Terry Fontenot and the organization want to admit it, but y'all pursued Deshaun Watson, whether it was even turning your interest to him. <laughs> you turned your head and you looked at him. You you, try, you you caught a look. So you're in that race. So I'm looking at this, and I'm like, 
what do we believe? Because I just said in the press conference that y'all trying to explore quarterback is a definitely a position that y'all feel like we have to explore. Now, all of a sudden, y'all don't want. And then it's like, okay, well, hey, Moon, well, draft capital. They got to give her up two first round picks. Shoot, give them number eight <laughs> this year to give them uh, our first round pick next year. Like, we, we Gucci. Like, we can still make it work. I don't understand. But it's so many different layers about this to unpack but from the Atlanta Falcons side I'll just come out and say I know Diana Rossini came out and said that this is what it is but I'm gonna politely say cap <laughs> I'm gonna say that's cap well, based on what I've seen with my own eyes yeah, in the press can, conferences think about your offensive weapons how young they are like you still have pits what under possibly Look, three more got, seasons before owning him a contract pits. Mm-hmm. London got- four seasons before owing him a contract. Like you have time before you got to pay these guys. Tyler Azir just got cooking with us last year. Right. But that's know- not even a guy a- you're worried about paying, you know, like no, you but I know, but to they're going to they're bring him in. They're going to bring new talent in. Like yeah. the Falcons going to bring in another running back. I- I've right. already prepared my heart for that. Well, who, who, did, but- who did the Falcons take in the uh, two round mock draft just now? Oh, the they, second took, round? they took Jameer Gibbs. That's it. But That's I felt it. like I felt like he just fell in my lap. So I didn't want to I didn't want to like it just made sense for me. I didn't want to pass. And the players at that spot, I was like, uh, I don't want to take a tight end. I don't want to really a Dalton Kincaid. Um right. it was it was like between Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, Jameer right. Gibbs, and right. someone else I can't forget. But I think Gibbs is a good fit with Algier. What you you said it was uh, it was like a smash and dash combo. Smash and dash. I like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I only say it because it 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 can support him. Arthur Smith is a run heavy coach, right? Like he he wants to run the ball. I've had to like shift my tendencies and my thinking of of being a Falcons fan because the days of Matt Ryan was so pass happy, right? So it's been a philosophy switch that we've been seeing that they're more run heavy. They right. they want to run. They want to lean into the play action. They want to. That that's why we seen Desmond Ritter be successful last year. Like, well, was that like was action. that because of the quarterback situation, or is that? No, nah, they're really... gonna run play action. Yeah. They're gonna run the ball regardless. Right. I think that they show that their identity is. I don't know, but you, you draft Kyle Pitts, then you draft Drake London. Uh, there's mm-hmm. somebody over there who's interested in letting it fly. Cool. You know what I mean? I, like, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, we just, we got we do have talent. Like we have high draft capital in 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 our talent that we have right. Jake London, Kyle Pitts. Even if you look at our London's offensive lineman, McGrary. Like in the mock draft, I had us taking Paris Johnson at that eight pick, and my thought process was that McGrary McGrary is a free agent, and I don't I'm not sure about how they're gonna bring him back or if they are bringing him back. Right. So I'll plug and play. I'll plug and plug plug him in and play. Next to the rest of the linemen, I got like Lindstrom, for example. So I, I had them taking office alignment in the mock, but right. they're really in a position where they can pick whatever they want. Like BPA, you can go team need. Like I don't really think that we have it's as many team needs as we, as the media, right. national media might suggest. Right. Like we were in pretty much. The only game that I look at this past season that was an absolute blowout was a game that we played against Deep Fried Drafts team, Mr. Yeah. Barnes team, against yeah. the Bengals. Right. <laughs> they cooked us right. all day long. They yeah. cooked us. That was bad for us. But right. other than that, we was competitive. Like, one score in 13-plus games. So I just look at it like we're right there on the edge. There, but I don't a- think that they're going to blow money off of, like, blow money in, in the cap. They're going right. to be very strategic. But if that's that, maybe that's the point of the Lamar Jackson conversation that maybe they don't want to do it because they don't want to allocate this much money to him for that quarterback position when I right. can just go but draft. That, but, but if you're owning that team too, you know, you bring in Lamar Jackson Jersey sales. And I know it affects the salary cap, but you're blowing that mm-hmm. much money. You're going to be making a whole lot of money. You, you bring Lamar Jackson in. There's another team though, besides the Falcons, that I think is on the cusp as well. And they're flying a private jet out to Green <laughs> Bay, Wisconsin. And this is the New York Jets. Woody Johnson, Joe Douglas, Robert Salah, Nathaniel Hackett are all on an airplane flying to meet this dude who's like was on a trip. Like for all you know, intensive purposes, like this dude was in a cave. Like Aaron Rodgers, if I'm the Jet staff, 
if I'm Woody Johnson, the team owner, like I'm the one paying the bills, as soon as I find out Lamar Jackson's available, I'm rerouting the flight. Like if I need to stop and fuel up, I'm stopping and fueling up. I'm not going to Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's going to cost me just as much. Maybe not in draft picks, but financially. Go get Lamar. Are you crazy? You know, you're going to spend that much for Aaron Rodgers. He's 40 years old and all the drama that comes with him. And Lamar Jackson, dude's quiet, does his job, a little bit flashy, but he's nowhere near the like. And also, who do you think is going to handle the New York media more? You know, Lamar Jackson, you know, being in Baltimore, like it's a city. It's a lot more like New York City than Green Bay, Wisconsin is. So he probably knows how to handle the media. He knows how to handle the scene. It's obviously a much bigger city. But I think Lamar Jackson will be able to handle the ups and downs of being in New York a lot more. But whatever. We're not going to waste our time with this. We'll see what the Jets do. The Dallas Cowboys were rumors. That's my team. So we talked about Brian. We talked about Moon. Supposedly every year they throw the Cowboys names in with big time free agents. And I think agents do this to draw up the market because they know yeah. everybody's going to talk about them. And that's frustrating as a Cowboys fan. Cause I get my hopes up. You guys heard me before <laughs> the show. I, I do, but I, I also try to be practical. You know what I mean? Like, so I know when I, I try to sense when it's BS or when it's legitimate, I think uh, Deandre Hopkins is legitimate because we have, we can clip. Few he switches. was working out with Des. That's not the only, but that that's one of them. He's in Dallas. He's he's clearly interested. So that's mm. a big part of it. Because in the past, big names weren't interested. Like until like the last four or five years, Dallas started to become a you know a decent landing spot again. But there was a while no one wanted to come here. But I think Hopkins is interested. I think the draft capital. I think the money. Also, you know they're going to want to. I think Dak is going to restructure his contract. It's going to be a little bit longer, but it's going to free up a lot of cap space. I think he's going to do this under the premise that they're going to get him another weapon. Like hey, give us some money back. Well, he'll still make his money, but, you know, go out and get me a weapon. And then Jalen Ramsey, like that dude, j just another alpha. And I love DeMarcus Ware. I love Sean Lee. But those dudes were the type of guys that punch you in the mouth, but then they'd help you up. And I, I, I love rooting for defenses that kind of punch you in the mouth. And then you try to reach out their hand and they just look at you and walk away. And that's what Michael Parsons is. And that's what Jalen Ramsey is. It's an edge. And I, I'm looking, I, dude, I, I would welcome that with open arms. So hopefully that happens. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, I'm on the clock in our 2022 two-round mock for the Dallas Cowboys. And in the second round, I'm going to select. So, Joe, if you're listening right now, you can take this man for me. And it's Steve Avila from TCU, offensive lineman. Going to slide him in there. Connor McGovern's gone. Tyler Johnson's the offensive tackle for the future. Put Steve Avila in at left guard. We're decent at center with Tyler Biotish. We still got Zach Martin. Terrence Steele's coming back. Brian, immediate reaction. Steve Avila is at a decent landing spot for Dallas. Plug and play guy, right? Uh, can play left guard, play right guard, could play center for you if you, if you need be. I, I obviously it's a great great fit for any team. I think he's he, he in, in, any team would be good, a guy like Avila. I know he's he's probably going to be definitely in that late second third round range. So the the value is also there uh, for Avila. So yeah, I like the pick. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's Brian. I'm going to keep you. All right, on the main screen here, we're going to move on to NFL Combine discussion. This is what you're here for. We're here for the knowledge, right? So before we get into what did happen, I kind of want to get a peek behind the curtains. Who are you most disappointed? Like offensive skill-wise, you know, who who didn't compete at the Combine? You're like, man, I, I wish I would have seen them either run a 40. So it, it couldn't. It doesn't even have to be just not competing all activities. It could be one activity or two activity. I know some people were disappointed that Jackson Smith and the Jigba didn't run a 40, but then he went out and he killed everything else. So I think he's fine. But who were you disappointed in that didn't compete? I mean, I'll start at quarterback, and the easy answer here is Bryce Young, right? He didn't throw. Levis, uh, Stroud, and Richardson all threw. I didn't, you know, I'll, he seems like Bryce Young spent most of the last two weeks, you know, eating every piece of junk food he could find and drinking nothing but water because he knew he wasn't going to work out. So he added 15 pounds to his frame. He was eating deep fried, right? <laughs> he was he was eating deep fried everything is what he was doing. Uh, running backs, there was a couple that I thought, are, you know, I, I don't know why they didn't work out. It could have been injury. I'm not sure. Uh, Israel about a Kanda from Pitt. I would have liked to just seen him time. I think his his speed is legit. I can't wait to see what he does at his pro day. I agree Kend with that one. Uh, Kendra Miller, TCU, is another that I would have liked to have seen out on the field just because I know I'm low, maybe lower on him than a lot of others because I'm not 
I feel like I've got more study to do on him than I do some of the other running backs. So he's a guy I kind of would have liked to seen. Uh, tight end, the obvious answer is Dalton Kincaid, and I know that's an injury, and we may not even – we might not get to see him uh, test at all. I, I don't know. I think he even had a back that, injury. Okay? I, I'm not sure. Uh, mm. I, I think he's, he's dealing with a back or something issue. And the only wide receiver that didn't do anything at all that I kind of wanted to see – and it's kind of a maybe a, a day three guy, C.J. Johnson from East Carolina, just because I like those wide receivers that are just thick built running backs, essentially yes. uh, like a James Washington, Debo Samuel, those guys. And I think C.J. Johnson fits that mold of a guy who catches the ball as a receiver, but looks like a running back in the open field. And that's a guy I kind of would have liked to have seen uh, to get his numbers in. So see him, see him in his pro day. He, he's not a separator, right? He's, He's no. a body control guy who knows how to adjust his body at the last second. So he he knows he's not creating a lot of separation, but he knows how to track the ball. He knows how to throw the defender off. And he also knows how to adjust to make sure that that passing window is bigger than it could have been, you know, mm-hmm. and then he's, he's massive. I'm real. So I'm putting together. So I did my top 15 wide receivers and I'm also doing my sleepers and he's my top, one of my top five sleepers, but I, I worry you know, and Shane knows this. So, so Shane, if you listen or if you end up listening to this show, I love big physical receivers, but I've been turned off from them over the last five or six years because the big physical receivers I like didn't pan out. Like Kelvin Harmon, I'm still mm-hmm. scarred. Kelvin Harmon, <laughs> NC State, I thought he was going to come to the NFL and he was going to be a dude. Hakeem was it? Because, yeah, Hakeem Butler. So, so CJ Johnson is more physical after the catch. But as far as overall athleticism, you know. Would have liked to have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's that, Moon? Go ahead, my guy. I love it, what y'all talking about with CJ Johnson. I'll be honest with y'all and tell y'all, you know, when, when I'm looking into the day, I'm like, yo, it's combine day. Day, day Friday was the day that I was looking forward to. Um, I wanted to see the DBs. Cause you know, after after we saw the forty times and stuff early on by the linebackers and stuff, I'm like, man, these DBs gotta run crazy. So I'm just excited for the on-field drills. It hurt me to my core to see Devin will Devin Witherspoon not be able to participate in the combine, and that that stung, man. It was a medical evaluation that happened on Thursday, and he he basically underwent an MRI. And he basically he talked about it. He said it's just a minor thing. It wasn't any point of taking any chances or any risk or anything. But for as minus hype as Witherspoon was getting, and the hype is warranted because you could just look at his tape. It, especially, it a, especially after you saw all the other Illinois players and how they tested. Exactly. Right? Exactly. All oh, the Browns. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those Crazy. dudes are chiseled out of stone. Well, well, yeah. Well, well, let's. I mean, I want to try to keep it to offensive skill, guys. But I, I'm with you. That 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 I, one. How about Forbes coming in though. at 166? So I'm not now. This is you know I'm kind of cheating, but I'm leading the show, so I can cheat a little bit. This isn't somebody <laughs> who didn't compete, but this is somebody who came in 166 pounds, and he looked every bit of that too. Mm-hmm. Bizarre, like you know he ran like what like a four three four. I believe something low, like very fast, but you know, I, I think that drops him significantly. Like, like not not to the fourth round, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he's at the end of the second, early third. Now, when he was in talks, probably between thirty and forty, right, Brian? Would you yeah. say? So, wh- where do you see him going now? I, I almost feel like he's and and it's and maybe it's also a product of the depth of the cornerback class as well. That come on, Brian. Save me. When you have some questions, you're going to see him get pushed down. I think behind some of these other guys into the third round. Uh, Clark Phillips is another one because I like of Clark his Phillips. And, yeah, and five, his production nine. is five five nine great. Is tough. Yeah. But his five nine and short what twenty nine inch arms, and he's he tested like dog. crap. Yeah, he's like he dog. was probably. I think it was he the you worst say crap. I don't know. He was the worst. He had the worst ras of any corner that tested. That has to account for something. Yeah, it'd be five nine. That's brutal. I I, I tweeted out before uh, they all got measurements that 
Clark Phillips is the spot on my football team, even if he comes in under 5'11". And then, <laughs> then, I had to, then I had to adjust the tweet, even if he comes in under 5'10". But I have to look at the RAS. We're actually going to have uh, uh, Platt on uh, at MathBomb on the Twitter to talk about RAS on On the Clock. Thursday night, Moon will be there. So that, that'll be very interesting. So right, I love all these guys who disappointed. I think Forbes, someone's going to get a steal. You know, like Trent McDuffie. When did Trent McDuffie go last year? 30, 2026. It was like late first or early Which second. is later. 2021? Like, all right. So so I don't think Forbes. So, so Forbes is, I think McDuffie was a better prospect than he went. Right. I think he could have been a top 10 pick. You know, I, I think somebody got a steal with McDuffie. I think someone's going to get a steal with Forbes. And the you thing know, Forbes, that 166 doesn't show up on the tape either because he plays right. physical. Right. So I, it may not bother some teams. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, with the, way, with the way things are going, like, I, 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 like you said, Marion, I don't know how much. It, it just have to be that specific team's um, their, their cup of tea, I should say, right. Right. for him. But it could push him down. But well, it's, hey, it's a lot of it's a lot of corners. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. Someone's going to get a steal. Someone who it's needs a, a lot corner. of corners, man. Yeah, because he he can play. And you know what? Like you you put him into an NFL program where they're gonna they're gonna know weight's an issue. They're gonna keep an eye on it. They're gonna try to find out what weight he could still manage to do. What he does great. You know, somebody puts that much time and effort into him, they'll they'll figure out. They'll at least try to get that dude up to somewhere in the mid one seventies. All right, let's talk quarterbacks. All right, we got Bryce Young coming in, 5'10", 204, not running. Probably going to drop weight, then he's going to run at his pro day, I would assume. Got Anthony Richardson throwing, not throwing well, but doing everything else elite. 6'4", 244, set the combine record for quarterbacks, right, with 40-and-a-half-inch vertical, 4'4", 40-yard dash. C.J. Stroud lights it up passing. Now he's back in the conversation for QB1. So, you know, Hendon Hooker, you know, you mentioned him, Moon. Obviously, he didn't get to work out. So that's, you know, he's he was able to do interviews, but he's expected to be able to play by the start of the 2023 season. So there's a lot going on with these quarterbacks. Will Levis, you know, we, we don't really know what we're going to get with him now with that, you know, with him that really not not producing there. So what are our thoughts with quarterbacks going into the NFL draft after the combine? Brian, I'm going to let you take this first, man. I've and I haven't finalized it yet. My new board's coming out Friday. Um I have a feeling that I'm going to settle with Stroud at one. Uh, you're like, you good. good. But it's going to be 1A, 1B with Young, and then a distant third will be Hooker for me. It's just crazy to me how much Will Levis has dropped. I mean, he threw it like he's got a strong arm. He, He was there, you know, like, but it's almost like he's just an afterthought. You know, Richardson I think, completely I think they, passed him. I think they did him a disservice by making them go by the name, the spelling of their name. Because if he was in that second group of quarterbacks and you see him next to the Stroud and the Richardson and the and the and Levis is in there too, I think that's where we would really have a lot of talking right. points because you could be able to compare between it. I mean, think about how fun that was on Saturday watching it, like seeing all of them throw. If you add Will Levis into that first group, I mean, second group, and then let let this, this the lower tier guys that's not really getting a lot of buzz right now, that actually did kind of good, right. let them just own the first group. I think that could have helped. Yeah. Um, with with his, him just being around it, so now you're bringing it out because you put surrounded with more talents. But during that first group exercise, it's like everybody was looking and oh, Will Levis is throwing, and I'm like, really? I'm trying to look at Jay Keener right now. <laughs> like, hey, you're, you're the Atlanta Falcons, yeah. right? You're on the clock. Yeah. Stroud's the only quarterback gone. Who are you taking? Bryce Young, for sure. You're not yeah. you're not concerned about the size at all. No. Okay. What about you, I'm, Brian? Absolutely not concerned whatsoever. Okay. How about that? You heard it there. So Bryce Young's consensus too. That's then, if I have to go quarterback. It, well, five. yeah. That that's for, mm-hmm. for the sake of that question. And then it's Richardson and and so Richardson didn't throw well. And I was listening to uh, uh, Dane Brugler today on the Athletic. It wasn't his uh, regular show. He was on another show, and he's talking about Richardson and not really throwing well. He was saying, "Oh, Cam Newton didn't throw well either." But then he also mentioned Cam Newton absolutely carried Auburn to a Dude, national a championship. Like, 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 so he didn't throw well, but mm-hmm. he tore, like, he lit the college football world on fire. 
so yeah, Richardson's coming in and doing a lot of the athletic stuff he did, but he does not have the resume. Like, no, it, he, he doesn't even belong in the same conversation as Cam Newton. So somebody – Here's a fun stat about that. I, go I, ahead, I, go I ahead. I think your listeners will enjoy this. How many other Auburn players on their offensive team the year that Auburn won the national championship with Cam Newton played in the NFL? Not started a game. Played, <laughs> in the NFL. played a single game in the NFL. Oh, that was the year they played Oregon, right? One. One, was One other was player it? on was their entire offensive team played a game in the NFL other was than it Cam a wide receiver. I think it was a wide receiver. I can't remember his name. One player. It's crazy. So yeah, he's he, he, bad. Yeah. Absolutely bananas. All right. So so we're saying Stroud passed Young. That's the big that's the big thing that occurred. Stroud passed Young. But I think go before the combine it was pretty much Bryce Young number 1. Stroud was in the discussion with Levis and Richardson at least from what I see and what I heard. And now it's Young and Stroud are in their own conversation with Stroud ahead. And then Levis and Richardson are in another tier, right? Mm. And then you got guys like Hooker. And then, you know, a lot of people like are on Tanner McKee, you know, out of Stanford. And some people are on Hayner. Who, who hey, do you coach. have? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I know people don't want to hear this, man. But Jake Hayner and, Ty, uh, and Tyson Bayesian, they just keep impressing me. Like, you know, you saw him at the senior bowl and everything, and I'm like, okay, this is this is one thing. But then it's like some time passes, and I was I was really impressed with Tyson and, and Jake at the at the combine. Right. That, that, I, I like him. Yeah, the great the great thing is we're gonna get to see. Like <laughs> when when they're drafted, they're gonna have to go to camp, they're gonna have to compete. So all these guys, whether you like it or not, they're gonna get their chance to earn a spot and make some noise. That's the beautiful thing. So let's uh let's talk some running backs, okay? So I know we talked about Gibbs a little earlier. You drafted Gibbs for your Atlanta Falcons. You know we talked about mm-hmm. Abanaconda not not necessarily not being able to compete out there, not getting it done at the combine. I was really looking forward to him. So Gibbs comes in at five nine, but he's one hundred ninety nine pounds. People are happy. I he, I see two conversations going on. People very happy with his weight, and then people disappointed with his height. So it's like they're on two different sides of the wall. People content with this 44-3-6, that's strong. Still seeing him at, you know, late, you know, like early second round conversation. I still think he's a dude, but I'm thinking some people are starting to overthink it because of his height. Zach Charbonnet, so we know B. John Robinson's obviously the dude. Charbonnet seems like, you know, he comes in, runs a 4-5-4, but he seems super, super safe, right? He had a, his 8-7-4 RAS, his relative athletic score. Very strong, explosive with the 37-inch vert, the 10-foot broad. So we, we got you – know, what were your guys' thoughts overall, Brian? Again, I'll, I'll pass it to you first. What were your thoughts on the running back class from the combine? Who are some guys you think are risers? Who are some guys you think are fallers? And who are some guys that you think, you know what, I'm not really concerned about this or that? I, I tweeted out during the combine, I've never been more disappointed in a 4-3, whatever 40, than David of Chains. <laughs> Because uh, he thought it was going to be like four two. I, I, I thought he was going to hear four two one something like that. I really. That's how I, I really felt about Jalen Hyatt. But I still, I still like him as a player. I think he's a better between the tackles runner than a lot of people are going to give him credit for, just because they see the size at one eighty five and they see the speed and they think he can't do it. But if you go back and watch the tape from this year, I mean, he, a lot of his carries came between the tackles. So I think a chain is is going to, you know, he's going to be RB three for me just ahead of Charbonnet. Uh, who who I think, like you said, I believe is safe. Tajay Spears, I've got now around five, I think. Love and, it. Uh, just ahead of Chase Brown, uh, I've got – You got Brown in. above a, a, a Bonaconda? Yes. Mm. Nice. For nasty. now. For now. Yeah. I got to see what – I got to I gotta see the testing. I got to see the numbers on a Bonaconda. Right. So I interrupt uh, you. Keep going. Sorry. A, a guy I've kind of fallen yeah. off on a little bit that I was a little higher on, uh, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia, kind of pulled him that back was- just – just a little bit and Sean Tucker, man, it's like, I loved his, I love his feet. And, but like, I, I, what happened, man? I I don't know. He's kind of fallen, fallen all the wayside. He's a track star, right? Tucker's like, he's got track pedigree, like legitimate straight line speed. I heard the dolphins are very intrigued in him. I, I think I would like to see him in that system with McDaniels, just downhill, you know, zone scheme, find the crease and just boom, take off. That would be very interesting. That'd be a good fit. in My opinion. 
And I'll say if the Bengals don't invest in a guy on day two, because I don't think they'll do it on day one, um, Keaton Mitchell, East Carolina, is a guy I would love to see them get in that room. Yeah, speed. Uh, in round speed. five or six. That be that brings some uh, explosiveness, more explosiveness to that offense. Home run hitter, great, great elusiveness. He can hit his top end speed like so quickly. This burst is this burst is really impressive. So. Moon, who were some running backs that caught your eye at the combine? Running backs that caught my eye at a combine. Um, it's kind of tough, man. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I know you know Bijan basically just stole the show, and Brian, you know, I, I meant to say this earlier when he was talking about you know Abanaconda not competing. I hate to keep going back to this name. Bengals might need a running back. Right, <laughs> they might need a running back. And about the Cowboys, you know, yeah, well, in general, in general, I mean, they're letting him walk regardless, whatever is going on yeah. there. The Cowboys are going to uh-huh. let go of Zeke. They franchised Pollard. They're going to be drafting uh-huh. running back. So I'm okay with him not competing <laughs> and maybe him <laughs> slipping a little bit because Brian, it might it might end up helping out one of our rosters. But I know Moon, you were talking about Bijan saying something about Barry Sanders. So why don't you get into that? Oh, yeah, he was talking about it at the Combine, um, how he got his inspiration from um, Barry, Barry Sanders. And it, it stood out to me. Um, it was just like a little tidbit while I was listening that stuck out to me. And I, I think because he models his game after it. When Bijan came in at 2.15, my, I was drooling, Brian. I was drooling. I said, 2.15? Right, right. <laughs> and he moves like that. This testing scores is pretty good. I know. I mean, we already pretty much everybody has him as a consensus RB one in in this draft. So I don't think he could have hurt his case. Um, unless a lot he just of people, had, like, he's uh, going like top fifteen, top sixteen, and a lot of mocks now. A lot like before it was. Is he going to go in the first? And now you're seeing him go in the first half of these mocks. Yeah, and then like listen about. Two, three months ago, we thought Nino was crazy to have Philadelphia take him at, like, pick number 10. And, like, now it doesn't seem that, like, too far-fetched. But I I put the point about Barry Sanders because how he moves, Mm. um, how he bends, like, it it reminds me of that. And I I wouldn't have that as my comp, but for him to be comping himself to Barry, that let me know, like, where he where he sees himself in his mind and where he gets his inspiration from. I, I I've said like I said Ladanian Tomlinson. I just that's, the way that's he, comp. yeah the way he uses that stiff arm, his ability to catch out of the backfield. I, I see a lot of LT. You know, playing down in Texas, uh, LT was TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, but let, let's move on to wide receivers. So Jackson Smith and the Jigba doesn't run his forty. Doesn't matter. Kills it with the three cone. Uh, he, he was the he, six five seven is the best in the last ten years for a wide receiver in the three cone. Only three receivers have had a better three cone than Jackson Smith and Jigba ever, ever. You know, at the combine, he runs three nine two twenty yard shuttle, number one for wide receiver. So what what is what does Jackson Smith and Jigba do well? He's excellent at getting open in the slot. All right, like excellent and and short yardage, short area burst, elusiveness. Add that to his route tree. I'm sold. I'm I'm, I'm absolutely sold. On the other end, though, Quentin Johnson only comes in at two hundred eight at six foot four. It's a little concerning, a, a little slim, big, explosive, but I worry a little bit. And then also with Jordan Addison, four four nine. I'm. I thought he was going to talk about that. (laughs) You know, I I thought he was going to be a little more explosive than that. To be honest, what he's known for is the route running. But when you got guys, I think Josh Downs is being overlooked. You know, in in our mock going right now, it's at the end of the second round, and he's not even picked yet. I I I like Tank Dell, but I wouldn't take Tank Dell over over Josh Downs. There's there's a few guys I wouldn't have taken over Josh Downs. I think he's a phenomenal wide receiver. I think people are overlooking him. And when you got guys like Josh Downs and, and Zay Flowers with how explosive they are, I know Jordan Addison's a, an elite route runner, but I wouldn't be surprised if both of those guys end up having better careers than, than Jordan Addison. So Jalen Hyatt, obviously, you, you mentioned this moon. said he, he mm-hmm. had tightness in his hamstring, but he still came in at a 4-4. To me, speed. I know people I, – I know I said earlier that I was disappointed, but, like, I think – 
we all was like, based on what we saw on film, and he's always open. I'm like, four two eight. He, he gotta be like at least a four two eight. Four, yeah. Maybe pushing like high four threes. Right. So to see that, I was like, okay. But then I saw how he compared to the rest of the wide receivers. In that, I was like, okay, that's not like as bad as I is in my head. But for him to leave with the hamstring, we're gonna have to wait until pro day happens in order to, in order to see like. I, I guess get more insight on what his official time is uh, for for him, but it's too many wide receivers to talk about, honestly. Because, well, like like you said, Tank Dell, I was disappointed in Tank because well, it was a lot of hype after the Senior Bowl, and I'm like, man, he's about to absolutely shred this combine, and he ran the same forty time as at least what I saw last as as Jordan Addison. Yeah, and I thought he was gonna be faster, given where his weight is and everything like that. But right, it's on the I'm field portions. It's on the field portions where it left more to be desired. Because I'm like, is he not all the way there? Um, that's what stood out to me um, from the wide receiver list. I was happy that Darius Davis ended up clocking in a great time in his 40. I talked to him at the Senior Bowl. He was talking about how he was already thinking about the combine and how he had to prep for him in his 40 time. Our guy Trey Palmer. Uh, he talked to Nino and said that he was going to run four, four, three. <laughs> he came in clutch, coach. Right, came in clutch with a four, three. Yeah. So like those, those are some feel good uh, moments. I, I would have liked to have seen Puka run a three cone. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. guy. I think Puka is a guy. He's another guy. I mentioned my sleepers. I'm going to be posting up on the website. <laughs> I liked him at the Senior Bowl, but he was done after yeah. day one. Right, that down in Mobile, killed it. He left. I, I, with him, I'm not so much concerned with the the the, the 40. You know, I mm-hmm. think he's more twitched up than, you know, Najigba. I think he'd be a little bit faster than him. But I also think he's another guy who does a lot of his work in short area bursts. And I, I would have loved to seen his three-cone, his 10-yard split, his 20-yard shuttle. So I was a little disappointed that, that we didn't get to see him compete. Brian, what was your overall thoughts on this wide receiver class and how it went for them? I'm with you on Quentin Johnston. I thought he maybe cut weight to try to run, and then he didn't run. So, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was interesting to me. Um, was was su- maybe surprised by Marvin Mims, uh, how well he tested a little bit. Um, saw saw his numbers. I thought Rasheed Rice tested well. You know, uh, not he's uh, not the biggest guy. I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I was not actually the fastest ha- guy, but I was happy with his forty. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I'm Josh Downs, like you said. I, I think is, is 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 slipping a little bit, maybe farther than he should. How disappointing was is Kayshawn Butte? Oh my god! Well, oh well, my not, not, gosh, listen, not not. It's not even the disappointing. It's how unpredictable is he? Yeah. One of his 40s was like so. So those 40s were almost because one of them was what like four six five and one was four yeah. five. So yeah. look at the drastic difference. Those 40s immediately when I saw the time difference, it's a microcosm of his playing career. Like there, there's it's like yin and yang, like two opposite sides of the coin. It it just feeds into the fact that he is unpredictable, right? What do you? Yeah. When, when does he go? I, I mean, he might not be picked till like this. Yeah, he he would have been better off just staying out, staying home, and just rejecting Instead, the going, invite. Going out, going to pro day. <laughs> just just going to pro day. Just say hey, I don't need to come. <laughs> Man, and unless unless he unless he was able to interview with somebody and make somebody believe, that's mm-hmm. the only thing that we didn't see that he could have done right. And, and if his interviews weren't good, then I agree. You know, the dude should have should have stayed home. So, I, man, very shocking. Very are we shocking. sleeping on Cedric Tillman? I think we are. Tell us why. I think we are. I, I mean, he didn't have the tape this year because of the injuries, and Jalen right. Hyatt kind of took over. This is mm-hmm. Nino's guy. Nino, like, yeah. he beat me up because I had Tyler Scott ahead of him I think at my rankings. Though, right? But six three two thirteen. I mean, he had the four five four forty, but the rest of his numbers were good. Yeah. I, I think Cedric Tillman, we might be sleeping on him, and you know he ends up having a big uh, rookie impact in this as a late second, early third round pick. My only knock on Tillman is, and I compared him to Hyatt, and 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 when I talked to Nino about this, I don't mean that they're similar in how they get open. I'm, you know, 
he's, you know, high as a slot guy, stretcher. But I also think that in the Tennessee offense, we when I watched Tillman, it was a lot of vertical. It was a lot of comeback. It was a lot of posts. Like I didn't really see it expanded route tree. So I also saw my knocks on Hyatt were that he's schemed open a lot. And I also saw a lot of instances where Tillman was just a better athlete or was just schemed open. So do we think he has the route tree to come into the NFL and, and be a true X and get open on his own without needing the offense to kind of get him open? That's a, that's a question that we could ask about a lot of these receivers in some of these offenses, uh, like like the the Josh the the that Josh Heupel the runs right. and mm-hmm. like because you could say the same thing about the Baylor offenses and yeah. stuff like that because that was a big question about Denzel Mims. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's bore fruit as we've gone. Uh, last receiver I'll talk about and we move on because I know Shane has been hyping him up all season as this year's Christian Watson and that's Andre Yashivas. From uh, Princeton, you saw and, his hair at the combine. Oh man, how about his hair at the Senior Bowl? I mean, that he, he went from one beautiful hair day to another beautiful <laughs> hair day. So hats off to whoever's making his hair decisions. Yeah, tremendous athletic score he had uh, from the combine the other day. So, Yoshivas know, uh, was probably maybe third round. We'll we'll see him come off the board potentially, but I thought he had a great combine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think also I, I haven't seen his numbers yet, but when we're talking about Tillman. Like my opposite of Tillman is Michael Wilson. I don't think Michael Wilson's as physically gifted as Tillman, but his routes, just everything he does, like as a wide receiver, I feel like he's a guy who's not getting enough love. And cause he's not necessarily, he doesn't have the explosion. He had a lot of, you know, time missed in college due to injury. Tillman had time missed. So I, I really like Michael Wilson. I'm excited for him going forward. What were his numbers? I'm pulling them up right now. Four five. He had a four five eight, but he had a one five one five zero split. Split. Okay. All right. So mm. so and Tillman came in a four five four, right? Yes. So so not too much slower. Great hands. Good route with him. Everything he does is smooth. So I, their verticals and broad jumps were very much pretty similar. Right. So so it'll be interesting to, to track both of them and see how they pan out and see who the NFL likes more. But I think either of those teams, you'll be happy. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. We're, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry, Moon. No, I was just thinking about from the fantasy perspective. Yeah. Like, let's say Tillman goes ahead of his draft capital is higher than a – like, let's say Tillman and Rasheed Rice's draft capital is higher than the Josh Downs or a Tank Dale. Right. Or, um, then it puts up that question that people have really been kind of pushing them off to the wayside, Tillman that is. Um, and, and also, Rice. and Rishi, and Rishi, a hundred percent after after senior ball, but like they've been pushing them away. But you're gonna have to elevate them back up in those conversations because they're gonna have that draft capital. So draft capital, but I also take into account landing spot. So even if the draft capital is good, I want to see where you are and yeah, I want to see what I think of your offense. You know, so this, this, I mean, this is the best part of like making our projections and then having them all be thrown to shit <laughs> when, when, the team, <laughs> when they get drafted and they're a running back who's going to be in a split, split running back backfield. And Brian doesn't have to worry about this because Brian, Brian's not really into the fantasy. So he's like, man, I just, I'm just going to grade my players. He's not stressing it one bit. Cause then he's got another class. Hey. He gets to worry about after this draft class is over. Hey, I, I want to touch on the tight end position before we wrap this thing up, man. I do. We were going to touch on some of our mock yeah. drafts, but you know what? I think we're kind of we're running a little close to 60 minutes. Toiletstitles.com. Brian helped us with the mock draft. Moon was in there. We got about 16 people doing this. It's going to be a two-round mock draft. We did one like, I want to say, three or four weeks ago, and then we wanted to wait till post-combine. So you're going to want to get in there and check that out. So, again, Toiletstitles.com under mock drafts. So let's finish this up with probably one Can we of talk the, about the big guys? Well, that's it. That, 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 like, that's what I'm, it's probably the biggest performer. Like, no pun intended, at the combine, Darnell Washington, (laughs) 6'7", 265 pounds. People were like, hey, at that size, I'm okay if he runs like a 4'8". Comes in and runs a 4'6'4". And then he had a 408 shuttle, which was the third fastest for all tight ends. This dude is an absolute house. Now you're hearing people compare him to Rob Gronkowski, which is like, that's tight end royalty. So I know you wanted to talk about this dude, Moon. So Moon, why don't you talk about Darnell Washington? And then Brian, why don't you take us through the tight end class when he's done? So so go ahead, Moon. And not, he ran a 464 40-yard dash, but he had about a 10 yards. He had a <laughs> he had a ten yard split of one point five seven, which is crazy. 
vertical leap for 31 inches. But since he's so huge, like, you know, that's respectable. 10 foot two broad jump. And like you said about his shuttle, shuttle time, I just think that he looked smoothed. When it came to the, my favorite part was the blocking. You could tell which tight ends are accustomed to blocking and which ones that are not. You could tell which ones are the pass catchers versus the ones that's not. But during the sled drills, you could tell. And Darnell Washington just moved the sled with just effortless. It was almost like, is he trying? <laughs> but I had to remember, like, you see the other guys trying to push the sled and they weren't nearly as made it look effortless. But he had 11-inch hands. Like, I know there was some inconsistencies and stuff when it comes to catching some passes, but, like, there's also some great moments and stuff, too, because he had that one hand twirling catch, yes. contorting yes. your body in midair like that on the sideline. Yeah, poster. And That's like a poster catch, yeah. Poster-type catch in the drills when they were working on red zone. So, like, I loved him. He 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 – he came into the combine with like a lot of people having a lot of question marks about him, but I think he left with probably one of the biggest leaps or biggest jumps. He was picked post, first, first tight end taken in in our in our mock, in in our mock post combine. Big like, jump, huge, huge jump. Like I, I can't say enough about him. Like I'm, I'm very interested for him as a blocker. I know I already know what he is and what, what he did at Georgia. But <laughs> they were talking about it during the broadcast about how Georgia's tight end room is just so deep that you calling down there, calling for Darnell Washington, and they pick up the phone and think you're talking about Brock Bowers. Right. So <laughs> it's like it just shows it just shows the amount of talent. But it reminds me of one. Clemson when Clemson had uh, Watkins and, and Hopkins. <laughs> like, it's you know, that they think you're calling for Watkins, you're calling for <laughs> Hopkins or, or, or vice versa. I know there's a lot of situations where there's two dudes in the room, but that's just the first one that came to my mind. But that 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 he is a riser. Jaguars took him in our mock. They want to mm-hmm. pair up Evan Ingram. That was Darnell? And, yeah, they took Darnell, Darnell to hey, go with Ingram. Like, he's thinking. I'll tell you this, Coach. Go ahead. Go ahead. Laporta? Laporta looked good to me. Yeah. I like Laporta. And yeah. it was it's tough, like uh Brian said. I was kind of I was kind of sad that Dalton Kincaid couldn't work out. Cause given where we were, the tight end class, I know we saw a lot of them. Um Kuntz, I, what is his name? Kuntz? Zach, Zach right. Kuntz, yeah. Kuntz, out of yeah. old Dominion. All right. Not many people knew where he was coming into it, but then he had a good showing. There's some good tight ends. That, Dude that looks like there. if you look at his combine photo, so anybody go to NFL.com, look up Zach Kuntz. Look at his. If you've seen Beauty and the Beast, the cartoon, <laughs> this dude looks like the the human version of of Beast when he becomes a human. Like, if, please look at the picture and tell me I'm lying, because if they're gonna do a live action of this film again, you cast this guy. Like, it's like Disney Disney generated Zach Coons. He's he's a fake human being. Hey, 40, 40 yard Zach dash. Charbonnet. Yeah. Zach Charbonnet looks like a cartoon character. Yeah, like, well, this dude, like, man, so, so please, someone comment that you've seen this, you've seen that movie, and you're like, yes, I, I see it. But anyway, four, five, five, 40 for Coons, 40 inch vert, 10 foot eight broad jump. So coming out of Old Dominion, six, seven. He is another dude. Like, what? Where the hell are these six, seven tight ends coming from? Two hundred and fifty-five oh, pounds. Brian, what what tight ends did it for you at the combine? Uh, it'd be easier to say which ones didn't. Which true, true. true. Okay, you can say, yeah. that. say that. I was which really one? hoping that Darnell Washington. You know, I, I, he was a guy I, I liked for the Bengals at twenty-eight. I don't think he's going to make it there now, because um, as, as of right now, they have no tight ends of note under contract on the roster. So they're going to have to do something there at some point, but we talked about Darnell Washington. Uh, we, you talked about Zach Koontz. I, I really wish he had offered anything as a blocker right now. Yeah. He's just more injured Mike Gesicki mm-hmm. at this point. So uh, Michael Mayer is still my number one tight end. He was, the problem was he just happened to test with all these other guys and by comparison, his testing numbers look pedestrian compared to everybody else. To everybody else. But the Notre Dame offense went through Michael Mayer for what the last three years. Their entire offense went through him. You can't say that about outside of maybe Kincaid. You can't say that about any of these other tight ends. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and, and their offenses. Mayer's the probably the most balanced of all the, the tight ends here. He gets he gets himself open despite what you would say is a limited athlete. I still say, say he's the best tight end in this class. Uh, but Washington is the is is great. Uh, Kincaid uh, going to be a bit a bit older of a prospect. Uh, things in what twenty four maybe as a rookie. So we got to look at that. Laporta is great. He's probably the best <laughs> after the catch uh, yeah. of any of these tight ends. I Laporta's think so smooth. Um, and and I, I just don't know how Iowa is so mediocre with all the athletes they have on their team. It, it's, it blows my mind. Luke Musgrave, you got the injury concerns with him, but he's also a tremendous athlete. Tucker Craft tested great. I'm, I, heard, I heard, I heard, like quietly, like teams are in love with Tucker Craft. Yeah. What he and meant was like 15 or 16 teams. Like teams, team, so I guess that's not very quiet if there's that many teams. Yeah, but no, the, the word is out. Teams, yeah. teams are, <laughs> he he is going to be a consolation prize for teams that aren't ready to. Because I I posted a tweet earlier in the day. I, I wonder if the fact that there are so many strong tight ends is going to push them to go to these tight ends to going later than they should go because teams are going to be willing to wait. Like teams might not be as interested to take them where they should go because they can wait. And there's probably like four or five other tight ends that they'd be comfortable getting like very comfortable getting like Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan is a guy I think is going to be go later than some of these other guys that you said would be Will Mallory from Miami, uh, Cameron Latu from Alabama didn't work out. He, I think he's going to be a great tight end too in the league, but we didn't get to see him test, you know. And you could go further down into Payne Durham. Payne Durham's an Payne interesting Durham, tight end uh, to me. Uh, Hunter Lipke from North Dakota State, probably more of a fullback, H back, but I mean, he's going to be a guy that's going to be on an NFL roster and and make a lot of points. Davis Allen from Clemson. I mean, we can go on and on. Britton Strange from Penn State's not yes. ter- terribly bad. And then you then you can you can get even go into day th- late day three with some guys that like Kyle Patterson from Air Force, I think is a solid player as well, who who's been injured and uh, was at the combine but didn't test. Excellent. You think it's like it's harder to separate them into like the actual rankings more than it is to place them in tiers yeah. for the tight end group. Yeah. How many do you think that's going to be in the first round on day one? Three, minimum two, two. two. The Washington and um, Washington and uh, Mayor. I think so. Okay. I know Mayor went pretty late in in the 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 mock mock draft there, the T two T mock draft there. I think he went what around forty seven or they was they was sipping my Kool Aid because I was trying to tell them Luke Musgrave was better. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the but the thing is, it's like really. What are you looking for? There's there's somebody who excels. Mayor is like a jack of all trades, and he's good at all trades. And then there's some guys who might not be as well-rounded as he is, but you want a guy who you can put out in the slot. You, you want to have a pass-heavy offense. You, so there's there's just whatever you're looking for in a tight end, there's a there's one available <laughs> who fits that mold. So you're lucky hey, if coach. you – Go ahead, go ahead. No, keep going, keep going. You're I was just going to say – I was just say you're lucky if you had a guy like Dalton Schultz that you franchise tagged the year before. Now you're not bringing him back, and you might need a tight end, and you might want to wait till the second or third round to get one. If you happen to be that team, it's a good year to be that team. That's all I'm saying. So go ahead, Moon. I want to know how you feel, uh, Mr. Brian, about the offensive lineman group. I know there's a lot of storylines going in. Um, Peter Peter Skaronsky's arm length and whether that's going to be a problem or not. Got Paris Johnson and where his athleticism is compared to Broderick Jones and how he tested and everything. He had the other guys like uh, Freeland, Burke Freeland, got some crazy numbers. <laughs> and then you got, you got Voorhees towards ACL and then pushed out 38 reps on the bench, highest of the combine. What's some news and notes on the on the what stood out to you for the O lineman? There was one number missing from break from Blake Freeland, and I think that's pretty much sums up where I have him in my pecking orders. He didn't bench. Oh, <laughs> I don't think he's him. very. I, I he's very he's not strong at the point there. I think that's going to be his big issue. Um, but no, as far as the offensive tackle class goes. I think uh, I think Skaronsky. I think me and Shane are going to meet about it tomorrow night. I think we're going to move him inside uh, on our position board. I, th- I think the 32 inch arm link is going to going to doom him in. I think Broderick Jones might be uh, OT one for me now mm. uh, going forward with uh, Paris Johnson coming in at two. 
when I, when, when I reset everything. So that that's kind of where I'm at with the offensive tackle board. I, I, I really like uh, Darnell Wright as well from Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he's almost pure right tackle only, if, if, if you want to classify that. Uh, the interior offensive line group, I still like Osiris Torrance, but you could talk me. I, I, and once we move Skaronsky to inside uh, interior offensive line, Skaronsky will be some. number one there. And then Torrance, I'll probably still have it too. Okay. Uh, on the what interior. About Smith? Uh, John Michael? Smith will be three, three. for me, uh, just okay. ahead of Avila and then Cody Mock. Excellent. All right. Well, th- this was absolutely incredible, man. Brian, I appreciate you. I reached out to you this weekend, late notice, and you were like, man, of course I'm ready to go on. And you brought it. All right. Yeah, just, I'll, just- I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell anybody, if, if Belarus Radio called me and said, Brian, come on at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'll set an alarm and get up and talk draft. I love it, man. The ambassador, the true ambassador of Mobile, Alabama. Go check out draftcountdown.com at Deep Fried Draft on the Twitter. This dude knows his stuff. Brian, you said you're going to be meeting with Shane, I'm assuming virtually. Yes. <laughs> All right, because Shane's up in Pennsylvania. You're down in Alabama, and you guys are going to be doing, you know, making some adjustments. I know Shane just posted an updated mock draft. I think he had a chain going to the Dallas Cowboys in the second round. I enjoyed that. I've enjoyed the big board. So what do you guys have going out right now? Like, I know there's this is peak season for you. What are some recent things that anybody listening to Toilets and Titles or the CFB Nation should go to draftcountdown.com and check out? Yeah, you mentioned uh, Shane's mock draft. He released a seven-round uh, mock on Monday. Go check that out now. Uh, a lot of other people have, so you don't want to get left behind. Um, we're finishing up our combine. Uh, Shane posted his uh, combine storylines today. I'll have the ten, my ten biggest uh, risers from the combine. That'll go up tomorrow morning, and then Friday and Saturday. Uh, myself and Shane will both be releasing our uh, updated top 300 overall mm. prospects. Can you, tease, can you tease who who's number one on your list of top 10 risers? Or, or does, well, do I, need, went, do I, I did one per position group. So oh, I kind of okay, did a little, okay. cheat, little right. cheating there. Is there any chance any of you guys are going to end up at the draft? Are you trying to get credentials for that? I will not. Okay. All right. Well, if anybody from Draft Countdown, CFB Nation, Toilets Titles, we're trying to get over there. So we'd love to link up. But if not... You know, we'll link up again in the future. Everybody, however you're watching us again, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, go check out the CFB Nation. Tons of content over there. That's oh, our college platform. Oh, coach, wait. What's up? We would be doing him a disservice if we came over here and didn't talk about the Gamecocks. What should think about your Gamecocks? Darius Rush and about- Smith are very athletic, aren't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, that's all I need to say. Uh-huh. Shout out to Gamecocks Nation. And yeah. Zach Pickens, too, for that matter. Yeah. There it is. There it is. So there's, there's, we're, we're, I mean, we're throwing in plugs right now. It's the end of the show. So shout out to the Gamecocks. Hey. We got, we got to plug that. And everybody tune in Thursday night on the clock is doing a special. All right. Moon's going to be there because he's, man, he's in there with me, the governor, the mayor, the moon man. Everybody's there. We're doing two episodes. We're going to bring in Mark Schofield to talk about quarterbacks. After that, we're bringing on, Kent Lee Platt at Math Bomb, creator of the RAS. He's going to be come on after that. We're going to be talking. We're going to be asking him, man, like, uh, tell us all about the RAS, how it was developed, some ups and downs. I want to know who are some players that performed and produced in spite of the RAS. Who were some guys that you were really high on? And then you saw the RAS and then it showed out and it was true. They actually didn't produce. So I, I want to, I want to know the ins and outs of the RAS, all right, the relative athletic score. So that that's that's very important to me. I, I'm looking forward to checking that out because I was looking through all that. Like during the combine, that's Kent. Like I, w- I was getting notifications every time he posted <laughs> one of those, man. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. So that's it for Toilets and Titles this week. Again, we'll see you Thursday. Check out Toilets and Titles. Check out CFB Nation. Go check out draftcountdown.com. We'll catch you all later on. Take care. Peace.